fans to the Utah Latch Report podcast. I'm your host, Tim Haslam. My guest today is the Mountain Ridge head coach, Trent Bangert. We talk about him growing up and going to school at Alta, not playing lacrosse growing up, and how he got into coaching lacrosse. We talked about uh, splitting teams between Riverton and Harriman and Mountain Ridge. Talk about the culture of the Mountain Ridge Sentinels and a bunch of different other tactics. And we talked about this year's team and what we can expect uh, from Mountain Ridge this year. As always, our podcasts are brought to you by GroupSpot. Uh, if you go to groupspot.app slash sports teams, you can learn all about it. It's a great tool to help organize your team, a bunch of different communication tools, a bunch of calendar tools. It's it's a like GroupMe, but a lot better with a lot more features. Uh, and again, that's groupspot.app slash sports teams. Here's my interview with Coach Bangert. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to the show, Coach. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for joining me today. You know, Coach, to be honest with you, I think you're one of the few guests, you might be the first, who didn't play lacrosse growing up. So I can't ask you my normal question of when, why, where did you start playing lacrosse? And so we'll get into sort of your your when you started coaching lacrosse. But before that, tell us about yourself. Where did you grow up? You know, what did you do as a kid? And, and we'll kind of start there. Yeah, I grew up in Sandy, Utah, always into sports. I, you know, played football all the way from youth through high school. I, j- I just truly believe there's a lot of lessons to be learned with team sports. So um, growing up in that era, playing football, you know, you know, I know we're talking about lacrosse. I didn't even know lacrosse existed at that point. I came to fi- find out later that Alta did actually have a club team back then. Hmm. I wish I would have known that, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, really that's as a kid, it was football was my life's blood, just the camaraderie with the team, the teammates and having, you know, something athletic to do. And and when did you graduate from Alta? Uh, 1997. Okay. So yeah, they would have had a a team and and coach that was the early days. That was like, (laughs) you know, three teams were, were around then. So you would have been, sort of on the the very those very first Alta teams you know and they've they've obviously done well ever since and, and have kind of been a, a powerhouse through the years which is exciting to see after high school what did you end up doing yeah I, I took a job in uh, the construction industry for the summer before I went to college well before I was going to go to college I am still at that company 25 years later very cool very cool <laughs> and and you took that job you know, I, I'm assuming you, you got married, had kids. And then, you know, we were talking a little bit beforehand, you know, your son says, comes home one day and says, dad, I want to play lacrosse. Is that right? Exactly. I got married, had one boy again in 2009, he came home and wanted to play lacrosse. <laughs> and that was, uh, you, you were telling me beforehand, a, sort of a combined youth team from kids from Copper Hills and, and Riverton and what is now sort of the Harriman area, you know, Harriman high school didn't exist at the time. What was your sort of first impressions as you started to become familiar with the game? Yeah. Watching it at a youth level um, really didn't understand it at all. Looking at trying to learn the rules, you know, the youth level needed coaches. So if I was going to go into coaching that I needed to understand the game and, you know, kind of fell in love with the game altogether. Um, And as they progress and get older, the game changes it gets faster and I've truly just become, you know, a huge fan of lacrosse in general. And as you started coaching, I'm, I'm assuming it was with sort of that 2009 squad. 
um, you, you kind of just started to progress sort of through the coaching ranks, right? You just kind of stayed in the age group and um, it led to coaching in the Harriman youth group. Is that right? Yeah. So actually the next year in 2010, um, a group of people decided well, Harriman opened and we needed to make a, a youth program for Harriman. So my wife and I, you know, joined the board, got on the coaching staff, and we kind of helped start that Harriman um, youth pro with a bunch of other people. And, and if, correct me if I'm wrong, but if I remember from those days, it, it, would, it would have been like Sham Thompson. And is that right? And uh, the Card family, were they still around at that time? Yeah, yeah. Um, Jesse and Shari Card were involved. The Brundages, um, Sham, Sham was involved as well. Mm-hmm. I know he was coaching at the high school. And, and just great, great people, great uh, volunteers. Those are all passionate people, you know, including yourself who are passionate about the game. The card's still around. They moved down to Utah County. Their sons play on American Fork. Uh, you know, just, just super exciting times there in Harriman. It's always fun to get a new school. Going to Mountain Ridge, it's your, your what, second new school. And, and I'm going to be honest with you, coach. So I, I wasn't really involved uh, in, in the high school scene in, in 2018, 2019. And I was starting to get into it, but obviously the season was canceled. I didn't even know Mountain Ridge, completely honest with you. And so, you know, I, I started looking at stars and, and this or that, and, and I was like, Mountain Ridge, where is that? But tell us about that transition, you know, uh, just first of all, just like opening a new school, but then also how do you with, uh, you know, some of that, the growing pain, so to speak, and, and who goes where and, and sort of how all that shakes out? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was really exciting for me. I had players that were at Harriman that were going to, they were going to go to Mountain Ridge and not knowing, you know, they're, they're going, not knowing who their coach was going to be. So I had multiple players ask coach, you need to apply for that job. You have to apply for that job. And I looked at it and it was to be able to start something from scratch um, to create a culture from the beginning. You know, there's, this is a brand new school. We can set, you know, lacrosse up to be successful it, it really intrigued me and I, and I had the backing of the play coming. So it was really exciting for me. Um, there for sure, there was growing pains. Not only was it going to a brand new school, starting a brand new sport, but it was becoming sh- sanctioned from um, just being a club sport and all the, you know, all the rules and all the things that you have to do. So it was learning, not just starting, you know, a new sanctioned sport at a new school, you know, learning everything that, that goes in, goes in with that. Um, but it's been exciting. It's been fun. And, and you great job so far, coach, you know, um, obviously we can, we'll talk about this year's team a little bit here in a minute, but so, so that first year was 2020, correct? Yes. And, and so you've, you've done all this work to get the team, you know, a brand new team, like you said, it's sanctioned. And, and then COVID obviously stops that. What, what was sort of the message to the team at that point? You know, we're, we're two years removed from that. What were some of your, you know, what do you think when the, we talk about those times? You know, that was, we were on the bus going to play Corner Canyon. And when we got the call that, you know, two weeks, we're being on a two-week lockdown. There's no practice. There's no games next two weeks. There's no school. And, you know, we we sat there and discussed it and we're thinking, you know, how long does this go? Do we season, you know, no, you know, no way we're going to be out two weeks and we'll just get going back at it. You know, I really do feel for mostly the seniors and we, we only had four seniors that year. 
but, you know, they had put in this work, this is their senior season that they finally, you know, get a play and it got, it got taken away from them. And, you know, I think that was the, that's always what I look back at is, um, you know, those four seniors that we had and not just our seniors, but the seniors across, you know, the whole state, the whole U.S., I should say, that ended up losing their senior season of lacrosse and other sports. Absolutely. You know, and, and it's certainly something that you can't really prepare for. It just kind of came out of the blue and definitely a, an unfortunate situation for those seniors. Um, talk about though last year, you know, you, you missed that year. Um, and then you've got this, this great group of kids and you guys really kind of took the state by storm last season. You know, you played very well. Um, what were some of your impressions, you know, coming out of last season, what were some of the things you look back on and go, Oh yeah, we did do that well, or, Oh, maybe we should do this differently. Those kind of things. Yeah. Um, you know, going into that, that, um, that year, I knew we were a very competitive team that we were going to be good. Um, you know, we only lost to two teams, corner Canyon and park city. And, you know, those were the two teams that played for the state championship. Um, you know, if we, I don't know that I would have done anything different. I mean, I liked, I set up my schedules to try to play the best teams they are there. Um, you know, the, the players, you know, I guess the only thing I wish was different was the RPI. <laughs> sure. Um, sure. <laughs> Cause I'm looking at it like, you know, we lost to one and two and we're seven, you know, it puts us at, I, I don't know if, you know, home field advantage or any of that. Um, you know, would have would have definitely went like to have gone further in the playoffs. You know, we went into the Park City game little a little beat up, um, and you know, Park City from from me from a coaching standpoint is like my nemesis. I have I have never been. You, you, you know, Coach, I don't think you're probably alone in that. If it, if that brings any uh, you know any <laughs> yeah. uh, relief to you, but uh, certainly well coached. Uh, Mountain Ridge. So, you know, I think my first experience was I came out to a game that, and you guys were playing Timview and we did it on the ASL game, not live. And uh, I, I, so I, I had lived in West Jordan. I had ridden my bike along that Mountain View corridor, believe it or not. I, you know, that was something I, I have done. Um, and so it was just, it was cool to see that there was a high school there now, you know, and, and obviously tons of fans in the stands, which, you know, I'm a big proponent of obviously, and it was good. Just the growth of the sport there. Uh, you know, that was a fun game. I, I believe you guys won in overtime, um, which was pretty cool to see. And then, you know, like you said, you only lost to, to Corner Canyon in, in Park City last year, which, hey, that I, there's a lot of teams out there, Coach, who if you told them that, they would line up <laughs> to have that season. Um, <laughs> after, after last season, though, a little bit of classification shuffling where last year you guys were 5A, and now this year you're 6A. You kind of just swapped with with Jordan, more or less. Um, you know, and then also you mentioned the, the Arlen Place, but instead of going, you know, 1 through 58, it's now done by classifications. And so uh, the good news is, Coach, is you won't have Park City in the playoffs, <laughs> but you do have them on your schedule. And so let, let's just talk about this season, you know, coming into this season – what was sort of the expectations or, or what was sort of the, the message that you were sending to your kids? You know, we, we lost uh, 14 seniors, I believe mm -hmm. last year. So, you know, uh, and I've heard it from the players. We're not going to be as good. Um, and that attitude has already changed. Um, I, you know, we're coming in 
looking great. Uh, you know, we're, and we're in a big senior class again. I think we're 10 or 12 seniors this year. Um, things really coming together that the players are bought in. Um, you know, I, I tried to put the best schedule I could with what I was handed. You know, we, you know, and I know a lot of kids are still fighting it with playing the home and away in region. So you can't, you know, get your, get as many out of region games as possible. But setting up that schedule, you know, I looked at the top 10 and those are the, those are the teams I wanted to, you know, getting Olympus on the schedule, getting Park City on the schedule, Lone Peak, Green Canyon. Those, you know, we want to prove that we're, we're up there. That's who we want to play with. Absolutely. And if we look at your schedule for that Green Canyon uh, sort of tournament, uh, went 3-0 and up there by beating, like you mentioned, and Green Canyon, who are both great squads. Uh, you know, last week you played West, um, you know, and Andaly. Uh, you know, we're recording this on a Sunday night. By the time it aired, you played uh, West Jordan, and, and uh, you'll play Copper Hills on Thursday. Then, like you mentioned, you've, you've got Olympus and, and Park City on the schedule and then a bunch of other region games. Um, you know, as you look at your schedule – um, you know, what are some of the, the things that stand out to you? What are some of the things that get you excited? Um, obviously, seeing how we – Olympus looks like they're on fire already this year. I mean, Park City had a great showing against Corner. I think that score ended up 16-8. to eight. Um, You know, and um, coming into a new, a new region, you know, I didn't get to see – you know, I didn't get to face any teams last year in Bingham's – you know, Bingham's the incumbent region champ. So looking to play them is exciting. And Harriman, um, I'm, I want to create a little, you know, friendly here in the city of Harriman. We're the two high schools that are in the city and creating a good rivalry there between the two teams, which is exciting to me. Absolutely. You know, and, and we've seen schools uh, break off from another, you know, uh, Al obviously, and then uh, Farmington to Davis and then a bunch of the schools in, in Cali have kind of gone through this. Uh, so it would be awesome to see, you know, that natural rivalry. Um, you know, have you thought of a traveling trophy coach, something to award the winner? We, we have, we have, that's definitely sought to Braden over there and see if we can't have, you know, some trophy that goes back between the schools um, back and forth between the wins. I think that would, that would create, um, you know, start the, start the rivalry the right way. Absolutely. And, and, uh, Judge and Judge and Waterford used to have a helmet that was kind of painted with both teams that they would pass back and forth. But outside of that, that's the really the only one that that I'm aware of. Um, you know, there's been some theoretical ones or here and there, but I think you should do it, Coach. Start it up, and uh, we'll make it. That'd be fun. <laughs> uh, talk about your team. You know, um, you've got a couple of studs. Well, you've got a bunch of studs on the team. Um, to the Cavs fan, though, who, who are some of the players or maybe position groups that, that you know, the fans should know about? Yeah, I mean, attack-wise, we are, um, you know, David Wright, everybody that knows Utah lacrosse <laughs> knows about David Wright. Um, Colby Robert, oh, he was the Larry H. Miller um, Player of the Year last year, and he's, he's started off on fire already. We have a junior, um, that, you know, round out that attack with, with – uh, Sam Peterson and Bridger Dodge that are coming along really nice. Um, our LSM there, uh, Denny Castleton, a uh, funny story last year, he would, he's been an LSM or a pole for, and last year he wanted to uh, short stake. He's probably going to hate that I'm mentioning this, but 
you know, we had, we had back and forth of why he shouldn't do it and, and all of this. And he ended up breaking his leg um, during tryouts last year, still ended up wanting to party towards the end of the year. He came around, uh, you know, went back to, it's just a natural fit for him. And it is, it's awesome to see him out on the field playing. He is playing at a top level. Um, Jacob Walsh, who was all region last year, um, tearing, tearing his knee in football. Um, but we should be looking to get him back here in the next, he recovers from that injury. Um, and from a, from a face-off standpoint, um, Colin Hurst, you know, I, I have to go look at his stats, but man, the first four games, he is, he's been unreal at the face-offs, which is, which is you, as you know, you know, as well as I do, that that is a huge part of the game to be able to, to get those possessions. And he has really stepped up to that and is killing it. And, you know, I, I can go on and mention all these players. I, I really think we do have a pretty stacked squad. Um, and it's, it's just exciting. Absolutely. And, and as you look at the program uh, sort of from top to bottom, what, what are some you think are keys to success? Uh, you know, obviously it's uh, important to have a, a strong youth group, stuff like that, but maybe some are, what are the keys to your success, but then also what are some of the, you know, program mantras that you guys have? Yeah. I mean, I really, um, I really consider myself a culture coach more than X's and O's. You know, I'm not the, the guy that played, you know, for years or went and played college. Um, but I really do think if you get the culture right, that the wins will come. If you can get everybody bought in. So when you talk about pillars, you know, our culture pillars, we, we have four, um, you know, it starts with teamwork, um, prioritizing, execute, and then distributed leadership. And what I look at, you know, I want these players to not only be able to play on the field together as a team, but I, Bob here, you know, I looked at youth when I was coaching youth, my youth, my, my job was to get them ready for the next level, to get them ready for high school. And now being a high school coach, my job is, is ready for life. Um, and as they move forward. So I really want to, I'm trying to build leaders within, within our teams so they can go out and, and learn the life lessons that team sports teach you. I think throughout everything, um, team sports is one of the best ways to teach um, people life lessons. And we do have a mantra. We, um, we call it watch, and, you know, that goes back to, but really, you know, we, <coughs> we say it as, you know, you stand watch for yourself, you stand watch for your teammates, holding everybody accountable and you stand watch for your community and do things out in the community to make them better. And, you know, building a program, I really do believe that you need the youth involved. And we've made that step to where, we are involving, you know, I just did a coach's clinic for the youth. We, we've done camps and clinics for the youth, but that's where it starts. And we need those, the youth players to be involved and to, and to bring this culture forward. And it, it just makes the program better as a whole. And, you know, you mentioned coaching clinics and stuff like that. Um, what are, what are some of the, you know, even starting with maybe like last fall that you guys do off build some of that culture? Um, you know, well, we do the coaching clinics. <laughs> um, our our big fundraiser for the years we do a we do a uh, a golf tournament, and all the players are there involved. Um, 
you know, at every hole, learning, learning everybody's names that are there supporting our group. It gives the, gives the community a chance to learn the players, the players with the community. Um, you know, we've gone out, we do team dinners. We're looking at doing something um, as a team building effort out of the National Guard this year. We're just getting that approved. Um, trying to think of what else we've done as groups. Uh, we, you know, the first U game of the season, we went up and tailgated, you know, ever tried to get the whole team there. Um, any, anything we do, we try to teams involved and not just from like a varsity level. Players are just as involved with everything we do that it's one team. Um, you know, even throughout our practices, we start our practices ups together as a team and we finish our practices as a team, you know, and we do go our separate ways during during the middle of practice, but we want to make sure that every player realizes that they're part of this team, a varsity team. Personally, I, I couldn't agree more uh, to having, you know, the different programs have different levels and, and stuff like that. So maybe that's not always possible. Some awesome takeaways there for myself and, and anyone listening. What, what does a typical week look like uh, during the season for you? You know, what, what days are you practicing? How long do you practice? You know, what are some of those sort of strategic things there? Yeah, it's, you know, that is one thing I do like about, liked about youth more is being able to practice all week and have one game on Saturday. <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> prepare for that team. So, yeah, it gets, um, you know, it gets crazy once the season starts because we're, you know, we practice for two hours every night. We're doing the late shifts. So we're out there um, in the cold, in the dark. Uh, but, yeah, it goes practice game, practice game, practice, you know, throughout the season we started putting in film sessions, but we're doing two hours a night of practice, you know, and man, once the season starts, which it has begun, um, it's practice game, practice game, practice every week. And, and that's, you know, this will be a great little cadence that you've, that you've got there. Um, you know, you're, you're right. It does take a little bit more time than youth, um, which is why being a high school coach is, is uh, definitely a thankless job. Um, but you're doing great at it, coach. Anything else you want to talk about before we wrap up here? Um, no, I just, I mean, thank you for everything you're doing. Um, you're definitely um, bringing shining light lacrosse across Utah and, you know, sport and people are, people are starting to notice it and it, it is growing. And I, I, I do believe that what you're doing is a big part of that. Well, thank you very much, coach. I, that reminds me of, uh, that Timview game that I came to uh, last year, the Deseret News had a reporter whose last name was also Haslam. And, and I believe it was you who was like, well, wait a minute, aren't you guys the same? Aren't you guys brothers or something? And yep. we're actually not related at all. <laughs> I, I was very happy to see another Haslam out there promoting lacrosse. Um, I need to, I need to follow up though and see if he's still around. Cause I don't know, but yeah, thanks coach for coming on the show tonight. Uh, we really appreciate it. Go, uh, go Sentinels, and uh, we'll see you on the sideline. Sounds good. Thank you.